you know, being a child star, it's a gift and a curse. Because when parents sign off to a complete stranger to take legal guardianship of their kids, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. The kid could be getting abused and everything, but they stay quiet. They stay quiet because the family is in a better financial situation now that they made it in the industry. But you know, sometimes parents pull their kids out of the business too. Sometimes kids just leave the business because their parents just foresee how the industry will ruin their life. Like that one kid, right, named Don Santos, better known as Half Pint, that was in the original lineup of the group Immature, right? I always wondered why he left the group early because he was like the he was the funniest one in the House Party 3 movie to me. But uh they say he left the group because his parents wanted him to get a real education because he was on the road so much and was missing school and they didn't believe in tutors plus they were missing him because he wasn't spending time with his family and his friends. So that's why they pulled him from the group Immature. Plus, they was like 10 or 11 years old when that group formed. But anyway, there was another child star that was on his way to stardom named Quindon Tarver, who was a talented musician and actor who was about to be a big deal in Hollywood. But all of a sudden, he just disappeared so fast from the scene. It had people wondering what happened to him. He was part of that 1996 R&B wave. And people used to call him the kid with the big voice. So let's get into his story, right? Now, Quindon Tarver was born on August 4th, 1982 in Texas, right? Now, he was raised by his mother. And by the age of four years old, he started singing at his grandfather's church, who was the pastor there. And he knew he wanted to be a singer for the rest of his life when he sang the song, Jesus Loves Me. And he saw the way his voice would move people and affect them. Now, he also loved R&B music that his mom used to play all the time. From like Barry White, Al Green, Shaka Khan, and anybody from Motown. Now, by the age of seven years old, he started doing a lot of talent shows. He would sing on the radio, open up shows for artists that were in town, and just go to a lot of places where he can show off his vocal skills. And he ended up meeting a guy named Alan Walker who thought he was talented, and he began managing him. Now around the age of seven, he appeared in the Madonna's video, Like a Prayer, back in 1989. Wow. That was a big video, though. Now, around eight years old, he ended up going to L.A. to audition for Hollywood Records, which was part of Disney, but he didn't get signed. But around the age of 12 years old, he finally got his big shot. He got his big break when he sung the national anthem at the celebrity basketball game in Dallas. And his mother ended up handing his demo to a guy named Tom Yancey who worked for MCA Records. And the next thing you know, Chris Stokes 
who y'all probably know as the manager for R&B groups Immature and B2K, he heard his demo and wanted to sign him to Virgin Records. Now, here's the crazy part, though, right? So, look, they go to meet Chris Stokes, and he hears Quinnen sing, and right on the spot, he wants to sign him. But he tells Quinnen and his mother that he's getting ready to go to court on a molestation charge. But he told them that the charges are not true, and he's going to win the case. Wow. He told them straight up from the get-go that he had a charge. Mm. That's what Quentin said in the Vibe Magazine interview. Now, after that, he went to L.A. and started working on his debut album. But while working on his album, he ended up getting a call from 20th Century Fox about a role in a Disney movie. And one of the women, her name was Laura Ziffrin, she remembered him when he auditioned back when he was eight years old. She never forgot about him. And when she heard he now had a record deal with Virgin Records, she thought he would be perfect. He'd be the perfect fit for a part in the movie as the choir boy in the Romeo and Juliet movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes, directed by Boz Lerman. And they also wanted Quentin to cover a couple songs. He covered the song uh, Everybody's Free to Feel Good by Rosala. And he did Prince's classic hit When Doves Cry for the soundtrack. So he got the role for the movie and the movie released on November 1st, 1996 and grossed over $147 million in the box office. The movie was a hit and the soundtrack went double platinum thanks to him were redoing the Prince song When Doves Cry. Right after that, he released his debut self-titled album called Quindon with the single It's You That's On My Mind, which hit number 35 on the Billboard's Hot R&B Singles chart, staying on the chart for 14 weeks. And his second single was called Dream About You, which hit number 69 on the Billboard's Hot R&B Singles chart, staying on the chart for six weeks. And it also hit the R&B Australia and New Zealand charts. And he also put the Prince cover he did when Doves Cry on that album, which became a top 10 hit for him in Australia. Now with a successful career, right? He did music. He was in a movie. He was being all in the magazines. He was on tour with Immature, Monica and Brandy, traveling to Australia, first class, everything, right? You would think that Quindon was on top of the world. But what people didn't know, he was dealing with some crazy stuff, y'all, that was messing with him mentally. He was a child star that had been raped and molested by R&B singer Marcus Houston. Now, the story goes, according to Quindon, he said Chris Stokes forced Marcus Houston on him. He made them have sex and made him take showers with the other boys and Chris Stokes will watch and it happened for like a certain amount of years claiming Chris Stokes will organize it. Wow, that's crazy. Quinton said that in a Vibe magazine article. Now, after that happened to Quentin, right? He said he told somebody that he was raped and molested and he told one person, that one person he told 
He really thought he can trust them, but they went back and told his management. And that's when he noticed that they all tried to distance themselves away from him and started acting funny like not answering his phone calls when he came to LA and stuff like that after he accused them, right? So the next thing you know, Chris Stokes and his management team just completely cut him off and they sent him back home broke. Wow. Now, Chris Stokes said he told the label that he got rid of Quentin because he wasn't a good singer and he was messing up his lines. Wow. That's crazy, man. Now I'm back home with no money. Plus, he was back at his old public school in Texas. People, they started thinking that Quentin was acting like he was all that. Like he was stuck up because he was famous because he was real quiet and he kept to himself, right? But that wasn't the case, though. He was just he was just hurting inside because he had been molested. He was raped and most of all, his career was over. He lost his career. And that's when he started drinking heavy to cope with the pain. And then he started doing a lot of drugs. And in an interview, he said he could see how a lot of child stars that was abused in the industry could lose their mind and spiral out of control when they became an adult because you feel embarrassed you feel guilty you feel ashamed you feel unworthy and unaccepted in 2003 he wanted to try and jumpstart his career back right he wanted to get back into the music again and he auditioned for the show american idol in which ruben stutter ended up winning that season and he also auditioned for the seventh season of American Idol, but was eliminated in the Hollywood rounds. Now, in 2008, Raz B from the group B2K recorded a conversation he was having with Quindon that ended up leaking on the internet, talking about the abuse they both had suffered from Chris Stokes and Marcus Houston. Now, Quinnen did say he didn't know that Raz B was recording the call and didn't have his permission to put his personal business on the net because he had no intentions of making a public discussion of the incident because he had put it all behind him. And you know what's crazy, y'all? When Raz B told his story to the world, that's when Quinnen finally told his mom that he was sexually abused because the whole time, she never knew for all those years. Wow. She never knew that. And his mom was so hurt when he finally told her. And Quentin said when it first happened, he didn't say anything because he thought he would lose his career, which later on he did anyway. But he said he really just didn't, wanna, he didn't want to. He didn't want anyone to know because it was embarrassing and he just didn't want to live anymore. Wow. That's sad, man. But look, when Rasby put that out to the world, Marcus Houston responded and said Rasby was on drugs and he was mad that they cut him off from the money. And he also filed a restraining order against them too. Wow. And like I said, Chris Stokes said he got rid of Quentin because he was fat and couldn't sing. And he also said he's not R. Kelly because he's been married to his wife for over 16 years. Now, in 2012, for Quinnen, it got so bad that he tried to take his own life a bunch of times. 
He did it several times. Like one incident, he almost lost his life when he took a bottle of pills with some alcohol in a parking lot, but his mom got there just in time to save him. She saved him, and they had to put him on life support for 17 hours. The crazy part is, he said when he got off life support, he was upset because he wanted to die. He didn't want to live no more because he just felt like a failure. Now, in 2016, one person would turn his whole life around. One person would turn Quentin's life around, and that was Prince. But Prince was dead at the time, though, right? Because when Prince had died, they asked Quentin to sing and perform his song when doves cry at his tribute. And when he performed it, the crowd went crazy, which motivated him to get back on his feet. That performance made him realize that people still loved him. That's when he put himself in rehab and got his life back on track. And he forgave the people that hurt him. The people that did all the cruel things to him. He just, he just let it all go. After that, he got his mind focused and he started his own catering business called the singing chef and i think he did he mentioned also he, he was doing insurance he was just living his life and working on working on his new music but on april 1st 2021 quentin tarver was killed in a car crash in dallas texas and you know one of his uncles you know they said uh all they knew was he had an accident he had a wreck he crashed into a wall somewhere on George Bush Turnpike. That's all the information they have. Wow. You know, after his death, another uncle put out a statement saying Quentin had been through so much, but his focus was his music. And he was getting ready to make a comeback because he was in the studio working on a project that was supposed to be released that year. Just sad, man. The abuse he had to suffer, man. You know, it's sad because, look, one of his last songs he did was called Stand Our Ground, which was released in January as a tribute to his cousin who was shot and killed by a Texas police officer in 2020. Man, it's a sad story. Sad story, man. He was only 38 years old. Rest in peace to Quentin Tarver. <laughs>